Assalamu alaikum. You are listening to Mommy Well Muslim, a podcast designed with the Muslim American parent in mind, addressing how to raise Muslim American kids born into a post 9 11 world. We will cover topics ranging from potty training to politics, and no topic is off limits. Along with our expert guests, we'll discuss what's new in the Muslim American diaspora or just what's new at our own kitchen tables. Join us, Zeba Hassan and Uzma Jaffrey, who have a combined eight kids and 25 years of parenting experience, as well as just enough crazy between them while they pioneer this journey we call Mommy, Mommy Wall Muslim. Muslim. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mommy Wa Muslim with your co-hosts Zeba Hassan and Uzma Jafri. This is Uzma. Zeba, say hello. Hey, assalamualaikum. Hello, everybody. So today we thought we would introduce because it's right around the corner our experiences with Ramadan and how we prepare our families or what we do with our families during this um, holy month to be successful spiritually, physically, emotionally, and do all of those good things that we're trying to hit, basically all the high points of Ramadan with our families. And sometimes it can be a little bit hairy to do if you have one child, um, much less a bigger family. So we wanted to talk about that with you. Zeba, did you have any thoughts on that? No, I have to say I'm not one of those that look so forward to Ramadan. And I'm just going to say that out loud, not because I don't love the <laughs> spirituality and all the, the, that that I get, but honestly, as moms, as and you know, moms of larger families, it's just one more thing that we add to our plate to make it, um, like, I always feel like grand plans of making this this huge you know, month where we're all going to be together and like serene. And instead I walk around hangry and I'm not necessarily in the best mood. (laughs) And I, I own it. I fully admit it. I get called out on it, but with my kids, um, on a day-to-day basis during my, remember mama you're supposed to be calm during ramadan and i am not one you just of, want to backhand them, I, don't you? i'm like, just like, not up. one of those people <laughs> and i love the accomplishment that i feel at the end of the month and i do feel spiritual i'm not minimizing any of those things but i have to say when i'm in it i don't necessarily enjoy it the way that i read other people doing and i I'm admitting it and I'm saying it out loud. Okay. Have you tried to address any of the reasons why you feel that way? I mean, hangry is one thing um, because I think uh, you get headaches, right? right? And I think that's a common complaint for a lot of people. Yeah. So is it the headaches or is there something else that that may be like the crux or the basis of why you feel like not completely your best self during Ramadan? I'm just going to chalk it up to one thing. It's the sleep deprivation for me. It's not even the food or the drink because I think by like day four or five you get used to it even in the summertime you're kind of like okay fine I don't go back to sleep after Mm -hmm. Zahur and I am awake the entire day until I until Isha every single day and I'm uh, I'm doing the same exact things that I do in other words I I'm the the regular regular. and I don't Mm -hmm. and I just have this added stress right of still feeding. I have younger kids still, so I'm still feeding them and still making lunches and still working and still doing those types of things. Um, I'm just never been one. I've never had a, taken a nap during Ramadan, not once in my entire life. And I think for me towards mm. the end of the month, it is just that chronic sleep deprivation every single day. So I own that that's what it is. And 
I know you're the doctor and you're going to be like, you should try to sleep. And I just can't, my brain can't do it. Especially now when my kids are in school during Ramadan, right? In the summertime, maybe I could lie down with one of them in the middle of the day, but now with the school and the, it's at the end of the year. So with finals and helping them prep and still having, you're in the height of the spring sports season for me, I don't have that downtime. Um, and honestly thinking about it right now, as I'm talking is making my heart beat fast. I'm not even going to lie. What about like, it seems like, are you one of those that like love, love every second of it? And if you are, please don't put me to shame. I don't want to shame or guilt anybody into it because each of us has our own experiences and each of our experiences matters. Now, I am one of the laziest people that I know and I bring that to its height in Ramadan because all I want to do, all I want to do is worship. Like if I could just put even mommying on suspension for that month, that would be awesome. But I know that that's part of my worship. So I have to suck it up and do it. Well, first of all, that's actually really key right there, right? Raising your family is part of the worship, the worship. process. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot a lot of people even think about that. I feel like I'm... We all we forget, forget it. it. I'm yeah. like, I'm in the throes of mm-hmm. mommyhood. I'm raising little baby Muslims. That is my sacrifice to God. So that's my con- to exactly. society and to God. So yeah. the, I, I, I wanted to yeah. just, not to interrupt you, but I definitely wanted to point that out. Because I do think when you're in the throes of either mommyhood or babyhood, you know, when you're in those beginning stages and you can't necessarily do all the things like Taravi and those types of things that we would never necessarily be able to do when we have older kids, it's very important for moms to remember that that is also part of your worship. Yeah. And that was something that I did not realize early on when I had like three under three. And, you know, there was a couple of years where I missed Tarawih and I was really sad about that and really resentful even that I have to be stuck home and um, my husband gets to go. So what we did, we devised this program where I would get the kids to bed early, uh, including the baby, and he would pray the first date and come home and stay with them, and then I could go pray the last date, which actually worked out great for me because then I could be there for like the wither and the closing du'a, which was really awesome. Um, so I felt like I got a lot out of it. And we kind of danced into a schedule. So through the years, we've continued to do that, but as our kids have grown older, when Ramadan was in the summer, it was yes. awesome, right? Because they could be in the masjid every single night. They got to hang out with their friends. They did not pray. They did not pray. Um, they were just there to play with their friends and run around. They were the kids that the aunties yell at. Every <laughs> That's Tarawi, exactly right. You need to sit so, down. Keep your kids at home. Sit down. <laughs> yes. You need to go pray. Well, he's four. He's not going to do that. So we would arm them. That was the month where we would have unadulterated electronics because, of course, Grandpa got them all iPads really early before my daughter could even sit up straight she had an ipad and um uh yeah seriously i was like really um but it came out that it was handy because in ramadan they would just stay busy with that or would get bored and go play with the water in the cooler and dump ice out on the floor all that good stuff but i could pray and it was fine and i am of the belief that if you don't take your kids to the masjid they're never going to learn the etiquette of the masjid so regardless of you know yeah certainly if they're hurting somebody else or if they're disturbing somebody else in their prayer I wouldn't 
you know, I would intervene. I wouldn't let my kids get away with that. But I found a place in a kid's room where the kids are really, really loud, but there's a speaker so I can hear the imam and I'll just pray my tarawih, whether my kids are toddlers and crawling or whether they were breastfeeding. So literally I would have a breastfeeding child attached to me or asleep in front of me, but I'm doing my tarawih. Um, because I found that that part for me was really important to feel spiritually connected in Ramadan. Um, and then as the kids grow older, you have so many activities. I mean, you're running around all day, overscheduled, quote unquote, um, because of the kids' appointments. Um, and so what I found in the last couple of years was during that month of Ramadan, no soccer practice, no swimming, no nothing. I'm not driving you anywhere because, you know, in the summers, I live in the desert. So there was an actual risk of heat stroke by being out and about for myself because I'm fasting. My kids are younger than yours, so I don't have any fasters. Um, and I would just cut all of their activities out because I said, let's just minimize energy expenditure and stay home. And yeah, part of that is taking a nap to kind of, um, you know, even with your hormone levels going up and down during the day, I found myself at 3 to 4 p.m. before we would leave for the masjid to just kind of take a nap and it would give me a good reset. And I would just tell the kids, Ami's taking a nap. Would you like to join me? And usually they don't because they want to play. The hard part is remembering to feed the littles. How do you do that? Well, my, my thing is they tell me, to be honest with you. They're like, we're starving. <laughs> Mom, I'm and hungry. <laughs> I'm feeding people all day. Um, so for me, it, I, I love that you get to do that. But honestly, when the kids get older, and I don't know what your kids' activity level is going to be, we can't do that. So my kids have mandatory practice. Right. They have finals, unfortunately. during it's For this year, it's going to be finals during those weeks. Yes. So stopping yes. our life in any big way is never going to happen for us, right? So unfortunately, right. we still do the same exact things, plus we have the fasting and all that. And I, and I do think, granted, we did that when we were their age, so I do have a little bit of sympathy for them, but not much, because I, I was like, I was fasting at this time of the year <laughs> and doing these same things. But for my particular kids, I do feel uh-huh. a little bit badly because their physical stress on their, like they do they play competitive sports so for them their practices are longer um they just kind of let their coaches know so they're not running at full force you know so they kind of know during during, during practice, practice but yeah. they still have to go you know so that's the problem yeah. we don't have yeah. that option like hey we're not we're gonna miss soccer or miss basketball they're like yeah you miss you don't play and so that's that's yeah. the stress for us and I never really forget to feed the kids because my younger ones obviously are not fasting and so I am still right. prepping I try to do as much prep ahead of time as possible so like I'm already starting to make my right. lists in what can I freeze and just pull out because I agree with your method and trying right. to make it as easy as possible because I don't want to spend the whole point of Ramadan is not to be focused on what you're going to be eating for iftar at least for me right exactly it's like I yeah and in our culture it's all all about about that and that's the one thing that we do do differently than how I grew up but we used to have these huge iftars and these huge dinners um, and I don't do that. I yeah. essentially have a date and some water. We go pray and then we have dinner, you know, and I prefer to do right, that. And right. if you're going to have a snack after prayer or whatever, we do that. Cause honestly, I'm so full just by 
just with, just the, with date. the date. And people don't, that's the one thing I have to say people yeah. don't understand. The people that don't fast don't really understand that. Because by the time you're, you're dreaming of yeah. all this food you're going to eat, you physically cannot do it without feeling sick. You can't eat it anymore. Exactly. It's like three bites. I'm you're good. like, I'm, I'm so good. done. Yeah. It's remarkable. It and we don't do Iftar. How little and you so need. we don't do Iftar. That's the one thing that I purposely have taken out that um, we... Like the traditional subcontinental yes, like it, Yeah, yeah, like, about. you know, yeah. samosas and fruit chat and, oh, God, we're up. Just the thought of drinking that right now Oh, God, I hate sick. that stuff. But, Ugh, but actually, I tried I to give stuff. it to my kids one day, and my <laughs> my daughter was like, why are you feeding us poison? Like, just this just goes to show you <laughs> the differences in how yes. they're growing up and what. So, yeah, we just do date, exactly. water, and... Um, pray and eat dinner then I feel like I can eat dinner like in peace I'm not like and then I'm not like overly full while I'm praying because that sloshing in your belly never feels good when you're trying to pray it's It's gross gross. yeah um and it just works for us and so we do overly simplify by food I don't forget to feed anybody but I simplify Mm -hmm. the food and I have to say my husband really steps it up during Ramadan and he helps me out. Yeah. So he's all about, if you want to go buy, let's go pick up or DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever, like we can do that. Um, So that is the one thing I try Mm -hmm. to cook stuff ahead of time. And if I'm tired in a day and don't feel like cooking, I I let Mm -hmm. myself have the permission and just ordering to or going out and just yeah. being totally fine with that. I used to do the frozen stuff before, like lasagnas, chilies, quima, which is ground beef. Um, just have things like that ready. So all I would have to do is like maybe make a rice or a pasta. But then a few years ago, we started um, going to the masjid for iftar, like every single oh, night. Oh, that's really nice. And it used to be that if we got invited to, you know, a lot of people like to invite you to their house for iftar because they want the blessing of feeding a fasting person. And we would accept a couple of those, but then rush, have to rush back, usually across town to get the tarawi on time because we really wanted to pray with our community and our masjid family. And so through the years, we've kind of phased out, even accepting any invitations to anybody's house. Yeah. We're like, we're not going to come because it's just too hectic. And I found that in the rush back and forth, I wasn't meeting my Quran goals. And so um, as a mom, I've been able to meet my Quran goals better than when I was single, which is incredible to me because... That's amazing. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I did a couple of shortcuts. I do the English translation only. And, and, and I do think doing it that way, we need a refresher on what yeah. everything means. Like, and that way you I'm know not a what's Arabic being received. speaker, you know. Yeah. So for me, reading it in English sometimes has better meaning. It than... just hits home harder, you know. When you yes. know what the imam is reciting that night, it just totally blows your mind. Because it's like, oh, I know what's happening. You know, this is great. So the translation that I like, by the way, is the M.A. Halim translation. Shout out to that one because it reads like a novel, super duper fast. I cannot recommend it enough, enough, enough. And it's about $9.95 online. Um, It's on Amazon Prime. You can order it. I love that one. You know, I don't think it's an obligation to finish the Quran during Ramadan, but because it's such a strong sunnah to do it, and because traditionally, at least on the subcontinent, it's like harped on by everybody. Oh, I finished it twice this month. Well, that's incredible. Did you actually absorb any of the knowledge or apply well that's it. that's how I, I so so like it's I love that you're doing it that way I actually was um talking to a friend of mine recently and she t- recommended and I'm going to do that this year in mm-hmm. downloading an app 
Apparently, for there's an app for it for the Quran, and I was like, "There's a lot know, of them. You don't I have any? I didn't know this. I don't have, I have any two. on my phone." <laughs> and I'm like, "What the heck? This is like a mind blowing experience for me." I was like, "Are I you kidding to me?" It in the car? No, I've never done it before. And oh I was my like, "God, okay, I want to so hug you. I feel so bad." I know. I'm like, I, I didn't realize there was an app for that. Like, I knew there was like how to teach the Quran, but. To yeah. have it kind of reciting in the background from the beginning to the end to kind of be there, listen, absorb. I yeah. am. That's my, that is definitely my goal this weekend. Yeah. And I think I'm Girl, gonna put it up, on Bluetooth. Yeah. I will put it on Bluetooth and I'm going to mm-hmm. try to fit that in because yeah. I have to say that is definitely hard for me um, to fit it, to fit in. And right, I do right. agree. I, I like to read it in English during Ramadan because I feel like it's a, you know, an annual reminder of the words, the meaning behind the words, right? If you Absolutely. don't speak Arabic mm-hmm. uh, on a, you know, that's not my national language. So I definitely agree with that. So how do you, cause you do have the younger kids, how are you making it fun and exciting for them? So, uh, in the past we've had like Ramadan camps and I have a girlfriend who is just as gung ho about probably more gung-ho than I am, uh, about making Ramadan really fun for the kids. So she'll do like either a day or a week of Ramadan crafts during the week at the masjid. So the kids get together and they do a whole bunch of really cute projects. Um, We try to get in like Ramadan decor to make it really festive, like, hey, let's introduce the month to all the kids in the masjid. Um, I also will set up favors so that they can take them into school because, you know, during the whole Christmas season, they get bombarded with all this like Christmassy stuff and then Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, same kind of thing. And I don't think Ramadan should be excluded. So last year when Ramadan finally fell during a school year for my kids, I was able to send them in for my son who had planned to do Ramadan for the whole month. So I had a little note in there and maybe we can put it up or a link or something to the photograph of the, the paper that I had. But basically it was telling his classmates like, hey, you know, your classmate may be fasting if he's a little bit tired. Um, don't tell him to go run and play football with you. Maybe if you see him like sweating a little bit more, go let a, a grown-up know or a teacher know that something may be wrong. He may need to go to the nurse's office. But this is basically what Ramadan is about and had like pencils and candy and crafts for them. So those kinds of fun things, making the Eid cookies and the Eid candy with the star, moon, lantern-shaped cookie cutter things that are available online almost everywhere now. That's how we try to make it fun. And then we have a giant display for Ramadan and just decorate up the house. They are, have been trying to convince us to put lights on on the outside of the house like people do during Christmas time. But my husband's like, no, 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 that's we're not going to do that. We don't want the HOA breathing down our necks or anything like that. So what do y'all do? S- similar things. We we actually have like our um, – actually one of my friends uh, created this really fun uh, – Ramadan countdown calendar and there's yeah. like little cards that go in it that gives you an idea and honestly I just I was blown out of my mind I just went to my local toy store shout mm-hmm. out to them I was super impressed they had a huge Ramadan Eid display literally never saw that before including these cute little um, advent calendars that I'm going to, I've never done it before, but I purchased four of them. Uh, Uh and I'm going to let my kids, I think you pop it open and there's a treat in there. I actually don't even know. I 
bottom and yeah. they're, still in the trunk of, they're still in the trunk of my car. But I just do <laughs> fun things like that, you know, and yeah. we do decorate. I have a friend who made me this beautiful um, wreath that mm-hmm. says Ramadan Mubarak. And then you can flip the sign and it says Eid Mubarak. So oh, I nice. during Ramadan, I'll send a picture of that and I pull it out and I light up the, the lights. And actually, it's a really fun conversation starter because even my Amazon delivery truck drivers, when they uh-huh. come and ring my doorbell during Ramadan, they're like, oh, this is such a cool concept. I've never <laughs> seen anything like this before. And, you know, oh, we don't cool. go way out you know, like crazy, but we do set up lights and my kids do get presents for Eid because I definitely feel like in trying to make it super festive for them, something for them yeah. to look forward to. We do start putting out some of the Eid presents, you know, a couple days before Eid and lighting up the lights. But I have to be honest with you. I try to get that stuff done before Ramadan because my oh, yeah. energy level during Ramadan. Ooh, it's I don't want to go shopping. So oh, no. no I'm no, no. like, thank God for Amazon. Thank God for yeah. that. You know, those types of things. I really cannot do it during Ramadan. So so I do try to get all that stuff done ahead of time and then let the kids kind of help me with the decoration. Sadly, my older, my daughter is still as my number two. She's definitely still um, into the spirit of things. Obviously, the teenager is not as, you know, excited. He probably about these is things. excited and he just can't let you know. Yeah, because he's, I mean, I used to be cool. when I would put up the lights and all that they were like whoo so excited and now he's kind of like oh my god mom why are you one of those dork moms and I <laughs> own the fact that I am and I'm okay with that and I'm like your babies still need to to have the super fun and excitement so I'm really lucky that I have the younger two because it, it still allows me to enjoy get it. into yeah. enjoy it and being the spirit of it and going on from there now I've done the advent calendars not very successfully because I stopped putting treats in them a long time ago and I put clothespins inside and each clothespin has a good deed on it and the kids are totally not into it so yeah, I yeah, don't think like, I'm even no <laughs> I'm not we're doing not a good deed today. doing I'm not, we're doing, not it. doing that we're not getting it if it's not a treat or a present yeah. don't put that it's in not there. something I can eat forget it <laughs> um, like, but well they, they have the but now they have this they're pre-made so maybe have a pre-made one with the treats and then be like okay you get the treat but let's do this together like that's kind of fun yeah I might have to try that I saw um one yesterday on a Muslim um crafts and children's activities website and it was actually really cute and all you're doing is putting the moon in the next day on the advent calendar so you're not there's you know it's like a little pocket a felt pocket so not really a lot of room to put more than maybe a stick of gum in it and the moon so I'm like I, I think I could do that now but something we fine. started yeah I thought that was cute really well done um something we started last year was like a Taravi survival basket so like they don't just get a basket of goodies with their gifts on Eid they also get it on the first night of Ramadan and what it was was like a care kit for everything you might need at Tarawi. So um, a little handheld fan, chapstick, hand sanitizer, new pens, new journals, so you could maybe write your experiences of Ramadan in there. Of course, candy, um, things like that, just to kind of get them into the spirit. And every year I buy them pajamas, Ramadan pajamas that are also available so cute because I'm like you know you get tired it's a long night and usually the kids are straight off to bed as soon as we come home so it's just easier to change them into the pajamas before we go to um 
even Maghrib time for iftar. And the older two who are, you know, the oldest is going to be 11 during Ramadan. In the middle of Ramadan, he'll turn 11. And then um, the younger one, the second one is nine years old. And so those <laughs> those uh, pajamas don't go very big in size. And they get kind of snug, you know? And the boys got made fun of the last couple of years. <laughs> They're like, no, these are like baby pajamas. I mean, we're not wearing these anymore. <laughs> so yeah, last you, year, I they mean, literally wore it in the house and they wouldn't wear it outside. <laughs> They're like, we're, well, we call them booty shorts, right? When they start booty, getting yeah. super, super, super tight. Snug. And they're like, we are not. I, I feel like around seven, they stop wanting to wear those outside. Oh of my the house. gosh. And I, I stretched don't blame it. them. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I wish they weren't so tight. Because my oldest was like, I mean, I can't even pray in these. <laughs> Because the shirt goes up when I bend over in Ruku, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, then I, I guess I'll either find bigger ones or make bigger ones. I'm on the search for, like, loose-fitting um, Muslim Ramadan pajamas for kids. So if any retailers are listening, please create something like that. That's what I was saying. Like Can we please create something like There's a niche in the marketplace. Let's get yes. on that. No, that's yeah. actually and they really don't have to be warm. that you do that. Yeah. And, well, no, now they just, don't, they match. right? Because it's summertime. Yeah, yeah, it needs to be a little bit cooler. So, um, my younger kid, my because my kids are younger, um, we've done like half day fasts or weekend fasts or water fasts only, and uh, I'm still working on trying to convince my oldest, like, hey, it's time for you to start fasting every day. But to be honest, like, I don't think I fasted every day until sometime in eighth grade. I want to say seventh or eighth grade. I think it was. Yeah. Um, so he's and still honestly, younger. If they're doing it for the for the rest of your life, I I'm just not one of those moms that feel like I have to have my kids' first full day fast at six. I'm just not. Yeah. I, I guess that's a theme in my in my in my, in my approach to these types of things because I feel like I want them to do it because they want to do. Obviously, encouraging them, being a model for them, all of that. But I also think. I mean, my first fast, I was probably seven or eight, and I remember I was, like, maybe between first and second grade or second and third grade or something like that. It was very, very early, and it was summertime, like, hardcore summertime, and I I, I still remember what I felt like at the time, and I just – I don't know. I'm just not a big proponent in making them do it that early. They're still growing to do it consistently for, you know, 20, Mm -hmm. 30 days. That's just my – I'm a little, I err more on the side of, you know, I want you to do it when you feel like you can. Cause at, at the end of the day, you're, you're only responsible to guide them, to force them yes. to do these things. It's a, another different thing, you know? Yeah. And I've, I knew a lot of friends that would say that they were fasting and see them in school Eating. and guess what? <laughs> they were not fasting. And that's, All it's not a judgment call for me. It's not, right. it's not for me to judge, but I was like, well, why are you lying to your parents? About, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. for, it, it is hard. It's a definitely hard balancing act as they're transitioning from younger to older. And we do do the half fast too, or actually what they do is pretty much eat lunch mm-hmm. and then open fast with us. So this way, so they eat up until lunch and then it's kind of like they can actually break their fast with us. And then I go and do a little bit more of the traditional, how I grew up. Like I'll make the samosas and this and that because to make it fun for them. Um, And my daughter just loves being able to go sit in the library 
It's get so peaceful. Homework done. Yeah. yeah, she's like, I love it because I get to sit in the library, get my get my homework done, and that's an extra twenty five minutes that I get my stuff done. So it depends yeah. on how you look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do um, anything with the schools? Like, are now that it's during the school year, are you planning to do anything this year or anything exciting that we can get some ideas about? Um, I always emailed the teachers and let them know that it's a holy month for us and um, expect the kids to be a little bit sleepy because we do spend the nights at the masjid. Even during the weekdays, we do. Um, and um, we withhold taravi from the kids. Like, I mean, get this. To punish them... We don't take them, and they ball their eyes out because wow. they're like, "You're not taking us to the masjid." Like my kids cry if they're not oh, allowed to go. Oh, yeah. that's so great! So I am so I feel so blessed that they have that attachment to the masjid, which is something that I really wanted for my family even before I ever had kids. So if we're upset with them for whatever reason, or they've really you know really crossed a line during the day. Um, and this is outside of being hangry. Like we've evaluated this not through hangry eyes, but through like rational eyes. Um, we'll say, okay, well tonight, unfortunately, you can't go. And that night, we'll do the eight and eight, where he does the first. My husband does the first eight, and then I'll do the last eight. So one of us is with the kids at home. Um, and that's really in extreme circumstances. And I could count on one hand how many times that happens. Um, but so obviously, if the kids are going consistently to the masjid at night and staying up late, they're going to be a little bit tired during the school day. And I explain that to the teachers. And thankfully, our state testing is going to be over um, when Ramadan starts. So I'm really happy about that. There's nothing important happening. We don't have finals. We're too young for all of that. Um, so I just kind of explain to the teachers. And then, like I said, I send the crafts into each classroom so that each student has it. And our school community is really, um, I mean, it's, I think it's, 700, 800 students, um, so kind of medium-sized, and word spreads like wildfire. So I'll have moms from other classrooms coming to me and saying, oh my gosh, we saw this, maybe our sibling got it, or maybe our neighbor got it, and we really love that you sent this in and explained this to the kids and shared it with us. That's always so fun. We do the same thing. We do like a star and a moon like sugar cookie, and then I have this cute little label that we attach explaining what it is it's a similar situation where other classes are like how come we didn't get the star moon cookie and I was like we don't have a kid in your class so I am not making any extra cookies than I need to during my fasting time so sorry (laughs) kiddo and it's so great now I feel like with our for our kids having such access to so many books and things that we could even take to the classrooms and read those I mean the lists are endless nowadays yeah. versus when we were kids and literally nobody even knew what the heck it was, right? And right, the, right. And you couldn't and walk into a toy was. store and see awesome things, yeah. Exactly. So now I'm super excited. Do you have any Facebook groups or anything that you use to get inspiration? Yes, there is a page and I have it open up right here. It is a private page and honestly, if I ever want to feel bad about myself during Ramadan, I will go here. <laughs> is that the, <laughs> Ram- the Ramadan why. page on Facebook? Because yes. I'm like, uh-uh, it's I can a, never it, do what you ladies do. I know. Basically, it makes me feel like two inches tall, but I like to um, copy ideas and it's kind of those Pinterest fail kind of things where yes. I'll try to do the same thing the moms have done. It doesn't look anything like it. 
but I feel good that I tried. So yes. it's Ram- Ramadan and Eid Crafts and Activities. It's a closed group on Facebook. I urge all moms to join it because, you know, sometimes the conversations are really good because you can bring that back home to your kitchen table and have them with your kids. Um, if maybe a kid is struggling during Ramadan or, you know, being bullied about being Muslim and fasting during that month, missing activities during that month because of his fasting or her fasting, um, I think that's really important. But certainly the decor and to see all of the mompreneurs that are out there, it just makes my yes. heart so happy. So, so I happy. definitely love to support um, other Muslim mom business owners during that time. And I agree with you. I like being able to get the ideas. And it is something that I I look at with envy and total excitement. But I know yeah. I am not a crafty person. So yeah. I'm more of, <laughs> can somebody do this for me? I will pay you. Um, yes, and exactly. I have da- I've gone that, down that road a couple times before and totally fine with that. But I always say... Every year, Ramadan is the real Hunger Games. And <laughs> I literally post that every year, let the Hunger Games begin. Because it literally is. Just, it really is truly about that. I'm like, from start to finish, and it is such a sense of accomplishment. And you do, if you do it right, you yes. do, even if you're doing small things along the way and maybe not doing the full gamut of, you know, I'm going to try to do all of the extra prayers and the this and that I feel like having that intention in your heart and the and feeling trying. and trying and the feeling of the community um it sounds like you guys have a great community where you are and that's a wonderful thing we have a smaller community yeah. here um which is it's a little bit more of a challenge but even trying to cre- recreate some of that within your own home is such a blessing and I, I feel like every year it's a great opportunity to Take some time to be introspective, figure out what can I do to better my own household and how can I help the people outside of my household. That's how I use Ramadan to reset my mm-hmm. spirituality. So that's yeah. that's the blessing of Ramadan for me. No, absolutely. I agree. And at the end of the month, we have all these lofty goals of everything that we're going to continue for the rest of the year. And it'll be like a list of 12, but you can only do like one the rest yes. of the year. And that's okay. That's still an accomplishment. And that's okay. You know, I think that's that an that's accomplishment really and you have to keep it moving forward. And really, and that's it, one small change can really make big things happen and it's totally fine. One of the changes that makes the biggest impact on my life is a Facebook fast for the entire month. I'm off of Facebook. And I do that, I do that too. Oh Maybe we gosh. should do that. That that's a great point. Yeah. But then I'm going to have to still post stuff for Mommy Wall Muslim. So maybe... You're going to have to schedule those. Totally. Yeah, I'm going to have to schedule Joe, totally edit this out. But yeah, I tend to do a Facebook fast too. And I actually delete it off my phone because I mm-hmm, just feel exactly. like that's that's your default. And I'm like, I don't want no that access. to necessarily be my default. And mm-hmm. I, def- I agree. I'm going to Facebook schedule all the things for Mommy Wall Muslim. And I too am going to do a Facebook. An inst... Like a, what is it? A social media fast. I think that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Now that Mommy Wall Muslim is on um, Instagram and Facebook, we'll probably end up fasting off of both. So if we're silent, it's because it's an important month for us 
and for all of us. And so we won't be present over there. So if anything's going down, we're not going to hear about it until after Eve is over. Uh, and then um, no movies, no music for me personally. That's a choice that I make. Um, and is it hypocritical that I do it during the rest of the year? Yeah, probably if you're, you know, really into calling people out on that kind of stuff. But I just find that anything that's diverting my attention from what's critical, again, it's an energy expenditure thing and also a time expenditure thing. Like I would rather give my time to, you know, reading more Quran or doing more zikr somewhere else um, than planning to go to the movies or listening to any music. Because again, like you said, um, listening to the Quran, even when you're in the car or any Islamic lectures, that's um, that's a good use of your time during Ramadan to kind of keep you your head in the game, I think. So that's just some choices that I make for myself personally that really help me um, avoid being hangry or avoid... Um, negating my fast in any way, like just not engaging in anything that might divert my attention away from just um, devoting myself to God as much as possible. So if that makes sense. That totally makes sense to me. So inshallah, I definitely wish everybody luck because I hope you guys give me some luck because I definitely going to need it. Um, we're praying for each other. <laughs> we're, pray- we're praying for each other because it definitely is, um, a, it's definitely, it's a physically taxing month, but it's definitely rewarding at the end. And if anybody has any other tips or ideas on how they survive the month of Ramadan or make it special and exciting, we would love to hear from you. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of Momming While Muslim. As we um, enter into the month of Ramadan, we are super excited for everybody to accomplish their goals and to share those with us on Facebook, Instagram, um, or email us at mommingwamuslim at gmail.com. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Assalamu alaikum. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Momming While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Thank you.